welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 9, Episode 7. I'm Jack. And I'm Stato. And we've got loads to cover today. Firstly, is this Episode 1 for you of the season? It may well be. It could well be, yes. It may well be. Well, welcome back. Thank Always you. good to, to have you on. To Pleasure to be Spurs. here. So, I mean, let's go straight into it. Great win last night. 5-0 in the Champions League. That is, you know, all the best way to answer your critics is to bounce back with a result like that. That, I thought, was a sensational result. Um... How are you finding the season and life as a Spurs fan and all of the stuff that comes with it at the moment? First and foremost, I'm a Tottenham supporter. So whatever happens, whatever happens, I'll support the team. I've got really fed up with a lot of the negativity on Twitter. I kind of find it hard to turn it off and not be part of it. But after a few games, I've just blocked certain words for a few days just to let it all calm down. Because I've just got a bit sick of it and... Um, but, you know, my support for the team and my support for Poch is unwavering. You know, we've had some of the best times of the last 30 to 40 years in this last four or five year period. So, to so you're very much Poch in then? Definitely. And I, I'm not going to say I'm not going to be critical of him because there are times where he does some baffling things. And do you know what? At three o'clock on Sunday when he picks Rose and Aurier, yeah, I'm going to yeah, scream at the yeah, television yeah. and scream at him. Yeah. But... Do you know what? He's earned the right to, to get us out of this fix. We're only seventh in the league. It's been a disaster so far this season. And, you know, there's absolutely no reason why we can't still get what everyone perceives to be and sadly has become the minimum target now of top four. There's no reason why we can't do it. So there's all, fans are always divided, right, in terms of what the club should be aiming for and what constitutes a successful season. Now, in my mind, and, and I've said this over the last couple of podcasts that we've done, the League Cup and the FA Cup, in my mind, has no value anymore. And as a supporter, that might be a really difficult and sad thing to, yeah. to hear especially as someone I mean, you've seen us have FA Cup success right yeah. so you, you've experienced that, that, <laughs> that era um, of when it was massive to win the FA Cup and that yeah. was such a huge achievement but it's just it's not the same anymore it, it, it's really not like players aren't as bothered about it managers aren't as bothered about it the fans it's still massive for us and we all still want that day out where we can go and see our team lift a trophy of course we do but the top four is the next best thing to winning the Premier League, then winning the Champions League, whatever order you have it in. It's then finishing in, in those top four spots. That, that's what it is now. You're 100% right. But do you know what, Jack? I'd rather us win the FA Cup and the League Cup, or the League Cup, mm. um, and miss out on Champions League qualification because that would appease me. Mm. That so you're, you're a selfish man. That wouldn't <laughs> appease the players, though, yeah. because they would all look to jog on yeah. and leave because there's no Champions League football next yeah. year. That's the reality of it. Yeah. So if you're going to say, what's the bigger picture? Is it more important to play five, ten consecutive years in the Champions <coughs> League? We've gone deep in it once. There's no reason why we can't go quarterfinals, semifinals. Yeah. In, in most years, when you get to knockout football, anything can happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we need those top players to be there to be part of it. There's no guarantees in football that people will win anything. Roy Keane said the other day, United should get Keane. Now, I think what he meant by that is make a statement. United mm. always bought the best players. Mm. He's, he's actually complimenting our player there, yeah. saying he's the best player around. The reality of it is, would Harry Kane go to Manchester United? There's no guarantee he'll win trophies there. Yeah. In, in, in truth, I think it's more realistic he'll go to City mm. in maybe a year's time if they look to replace Aguero. Yeah. But 
you know, there's no guarantees in anything. City mm. might not win the title this season. Liverpool might win the title mm. this season. But everyone has said City are going to win it forevermore now. Look at their squad; it's ridiculous. Yeah. So there are no guarantees. But you know, I'd just rather have that time as a supporter. <coughs> I'm beginning to feel, and you just mentioned this mm. before we went on air, not disenfranchised from Tottenham, but a bit disenfranchised from football. Mm. Really, I'm kind of sick of the the greed and the just all-encompassing nature of the Premier League. Um, we lost to Colchester in the League Cup a few weeks ago, and, and fair play, Colchester played better than us on the yeah. night. They, they, got, they did their game plan right. We didn't try. We didn't put out our mm. first team. We didn't put out a team that were capable of winning on the night because they didn't go out and do it. And, and from my mind, that's, it devalues the competition, it devalues mm. the club. It devalues the supporters because I got the train home to Colchester that night where yeah. I lived and it was rammed full of Tottenham fans. Yeah. And they all had to do my reverse journey that I did the next yeah. morning of get back home that night. And, you know, if the club don't care, why should the supporters care? You, you're in the stadium. Now, I, I genuinely miss the people I sat around at the old White Hart yeah. Lane. Um, when Wembley was a <coughs> bit like this, transient, you don't know who yeah. you're going to be sat next to. I mean, out of 90,000 people, I got to sit next to Robbo from the Hotspur podcast. Brilliant. As lucky for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but do you know what? This immediate sat around me and there's no rapport with them. I, I didn't, didn't, I didn't got... know you were sat near Abbas. Yeah. I, I didn't know. Just, I didn't know. Really yeah, close. Yeah. Um, and it's just, am I enjoying the match day experience anymore? Am I enjoying, mm. you've got people constantly complaining. You can't stand, you can't swear, mm. you can't, yeah, times are changing a bit. I'm I'm a bit of an old becoming a bit of an old curmudgeonly type, who oh, I can't be bothered standing up. Mm. I, I don't sing as often yeah. as I used to. Um, it maybe it is a bit of more of a young man's game that the average age of a Tottenham supporter is even older than me or seems to get older. Yeah. But so of course, if the team aren't doing well, then that yeah. drops everything down. Your mentality. It's always harder, right? If you're if your team's struggling or you're going to games and it feels like a bit of a slog, it's always tougher. This is the thing, and I've got. Two young children, seven and three, and I'm, I'm married. Um, I find it harder and harder to justify being away from the children for a whole bunch of time. And the semi-battle, Jen, if you're listening, of, she, of, arguing, she won't be. Yeah, yeah. of arguing my case as to why I should get to go out yeah. for five or six hours at the weekend, and she doesn't, and she's got to have the children. You know, it's becoming like a Tottenham making it worth me doing it. Mm. And then that's, that saddens me because... Mm. You know, but then is that is that you know you're just at a different stage in your life than what you were at ten years ago, and it's yeah. where 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 football and where Tottenham may have been sort of the priority. It's not anymore. It's not that it's that you don't care about it. It's just there are things that you care about more in your life. Yeah, I mean, look, years ago I would have always said I love Tottenham more than I love anything. I love Tottenham more than my wife and children realise, and that's all <laughs> I'll say now. I'm definitely <laughs> yeah, that yeah, out. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's. Not because we're not winning, and I'm glad that we won last night that I can yeah. say this, but you're right, it's become a bit of a chore. Mm. And uh, the stadium is immense, it's in, amazing, and it just will need a couple of years to settle down. Um, I just think they need to give us an opportunity for like-minded people to sit with like-minded people. Mm. I'm not saying I'm going to sit with the old codgers, but just, you know, people need to find their place. Yeah. And at the moment, there's, n- there's no movement whatsoever. So maybe a good example of that is if you look at Crystal Palace... Mm-hmm. And they have that specific area in yeah. the stadium, don't they, where all of their crazy home ultras, fans, yeah. yeah, ultras, yeah, where they all go. So maybe this person need to sort of 
look at that really and have like designated areas. But for then that wasn't kind of that the purpose of the South Stand? Yeah. I genuinely chose yes. not to sit there because um, you know, and it's gonna sound terrible, I still want to support Tottenham, mm. I still wanna go and enjoy myself. But like I say, it's a bit of a more of a young man's thing. Mm. You know, the, the standing and singing and chanting all throughout the game. And, and that's one of the reasons why I no longer go to away games. Just because, you know, that that's not so much what I enjoyed yeah. as I did when I was in my, my teens and my 20s. Yeah, I think it's a few things really. Like, my season gets in the South Stand. I think I'm in the min- minority that I love the stadium. And I, I prefer it to the old ground. And a lot of people are like, no, no, the old place was so much better. And it's like... I can't really think of anything that was better in the old ground. And I know there's the whole thing about, oh, the atmosphere, you know, the old White Hot Lane was amazing. It was good. Mm. It was never bouncing for Southampton yeah, yeah. at home. And, no, no. And, and that's the thing. It's like, it was it was bouncing for the big games. Yeah. But, you know, you're playing a mid-table side at home. You're never going to have an electric atmosphere. You're like, 100% that's, right. That's what it is. You're 100% right. And I think that there's been a lot more... So there's a lot of videos going around on Twitter of us in those standard Premier League games and moments of the game where it's quiet... And it's like, oh, look at this atmosphere in the new Spurs game. That's the same anywhere. Yeah, it's not it going to be that electric, crazy feeling. And you every also game. need the team to, to actually start that. They get off on the front foot. They start in a, a game yeah. well. You know, the Tottenham crowd. Where this this you know reputation came, I do not know. But we got this reputation in the last ten or fifteen years, mostly from night games that it would be jumping European nights. Yeah. It would be jumping, but only against the bigger teams, definitely. Because, yeah, it used to be quite renowned as being a bit of a, a graveyard, a bit of mm. a, not quite a library, you know, like somewhere yeah, on the road, yeah. but so I do find that very I think, odd. I but. think the same of, of, of any side that has a, a modern big stadium, it's that if you're the away team, if you can keep the ball mm. and min- minimise the football in the first 15 minutes, that 12th man... Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. It does. And that's the same. That's any stadium in the world. That's not, you know, you, you think of grounds that you would associate with being the best atmosphere ever. It's the same there. It, it really is. I think it's very important to say that also there are a lot more different people going to football. So we have a crowd of 62,000. We have a lot of people there on a corporate. Mm. You know, there might be Tottenham fans, but there are a different mentality. There are lots of people who you would badge as tourist fans. The people that the club want to yeah. come in and spend far sums of money on a one-off match ticket. They might pay 90 quid for my 70 quid season yeah. ticket. You know, and get a shirt and a programme. That's the point. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're the footprint or, you know, yeah. they're, they're spending at the, you know, the amount of their wallet that they're giving over. I'm giving over a tiny percentage because I don't spend anything other than yeah. beer. Quite a lot actually in beer. Yeah. But, um, and my match ticket. Nothing <coughs> in, the, in the shop. But yeah. You have a point about the South Stand as well and was like, was that was the aim of the South Stand not to, you know, have all of the really, really loud supports yeah. together. I think that was the aim, definitely, but I think that that South Stand has become sort of the iconic part mm. of the stadium, right? And if you're, think, if you're a, a part-time fan or a tourist and you're going to games, you always want to sit in that stand, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah. Like, you know, if I, if I was a... And the, we see so many people coming home from South Korea with sun shirts, yeah, yeah. And, which is brilliant. I, I, I absolutely love seeing that every game, but... You obviously, you'll see a lot of those supporters in the South Stand because it's like, oh, I'm, I'm getting one chance to go there. Yeah. I want to say I sat in that, in that stand. And let's not forget the club chose to put 1882 tickets in the middle of the South Stand. Exactly. They wanted to sell it as be part of this, and be, but to people who could afford who maybe aren't. And also, this is the other thing, is that the working man on the street is being completely priced out of football. So he's the guy who would be more inclined to be part of that. And be, but on atmosphere alone... I was at the 95 semi-final when we played Everton at Ellen Road. 
we had the 20,000 main stand, the one you see, the yeah. enormous one, when you see from the TV cameras, and then there's three sort of one-tier stands uh, which had the same capacity. Everton sounded so much louder than us, they wouldn't have been necessarily, but the noise just was yeah. reverberating off each other, singing end-to-end, side-to-side. We just had one stand, and everything was just dissipating also, away. Outrageous allocation, that. Who come? Yeah, do you know what I mean? That's just. But then you can't have split like it down game. the middle. Yeah. But it's it's a bit bonkers like that, and it's the nature of old-fashioned stadiums yeah. that were not built coherently. There was like, let's put up a massive stand there, and then gradually we'll build round. Yeah. You know, look at Wembley now. Wembley works as a, a final venue or semi-finals yeah. because you've got half and half. Actually, singing when we were ninety-five percent of the crowd. You'd lose the song by the time it got to the other side. It wouldn't. It was never coherent. Yeah. Enough of the moaning. The football last night. Oh, it was fantastic. You know what? The opposition weren't up to much at all. We can we can all say that. We've played badly against not as poor teams, but we played badly against poor, perceived poor teams in the Premier League. We actually started better and we were more aggressive. You know, with the pace that we played at. Hundred percent. And I always feel like Spurs. We're the type of side that. We always end up playing to the opposition's level. So if we're yeah. playing Madrid or Barcelona, we're, we're, we're on fire. But then we're playing Colchester and we yeah. can't make a five-yard pass. Whereas yeah. last night we were, we were all the things so far this season, apart from snippets in City and snippets against Arsenal, that, that we've really lacked. And it, like, yeah. it felt like I was watching Spurs last night. Whereas most of the games this season, I don't really know what it feels like I've been watching. Um, we were we had so much energy about ourselves. Yeah. We pressed it fantastically. We passed forward. We took risks with the ball. Yeah. Um, we went from side to side with speed, and that's yeah. the key difference because there's a lot of people moaning about the Watford game, which we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah. But we went from side to side with so much speed. We had runners beyond the ball. It, it was amazing. Like yeah. you saw Rondembele picking the ball up. He had five or six passes every time to make. We where... had the advantage of the fullbacks knew that we were going to be in possession a lot of the game. Aurier spent a lot of it forward. Davies the same. Well, just, um, his just... final ball was infinitely better than Rose's has been of late. So that well, just a quick one on Aurier. He had that dreadful, dreadful game against Bayern, yeah. which we will try not to relive. A lo- he got a lot of stick. All deserved. The last few games, he's actually been pretty good. Yeah. He was yeah. good against Southampton. He played well against Watford. He was good last night. Like those, the games since then, actually, I can't criticise his performance. He's, he's bounced back pretty well. If he learns from, from those poor performances, brilliant. If he doesn't, I mean, I'd still look to, to replace him yeah. in the side. I thought like, yesterday would have been a good opportunity <laughs> to, to give Foyth half an hour. Um, a, a right back, but um, I thought it was interesting that, not to... that when he did bring him on, he brought him on at centre back. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, and whether or not that's a bit of a tell about actually he did right back for a couple of games last year because I had no other choice. But yeah, he's my centre. I mean, we so, were led to believe he would go into the start of the season playing there. He's playing there for Argentina. Yeah. I'm I'm still mm. not sold on him there. If I'm honest, no, but, but then we've not seen know. him enough yeah. to justify it. Um, interestingly, the start eleven last night. It's probably really only for Tongan at that starting eleven that's not going to be there next year. If you look at all those yeah. other players, a yeah. lot of them have got long term deals or fairly new players yeah. that, and they haven't publicly come out and said, "I want to do this, I want to do this." So it was interesting for me that yes, the opposition were poor, but the energy that we showed early on, it, I, I feel like maybe that might be the kind of side that we see now for the mm. rest of the season. I feel like the likes of Ericsson, Alderweireld, Rose might not get that much game time anymore I thought of telling last night playing without Winks and I don't want this to come across as being ultra critical of Winks 
I'm not saying he should be jettisoned. It might just be he needs to learn from how we played last night that we've got to increase the tempo. Mm. Um, he's a fine passer of the ball. He rarely gives it away, but he can be a bit cautious, a bit sideways. Um, you see people liking him to, to Vinny Samways, you know, going back, harking back to the darker days of the 90s um, team. But if he can just learn from that and actually say, well, look, I want to be part of this, I want to be in the team. Um, but there are games where we've been too negative, we've had too many cautious midfielders in games that we're trying to win. Um, and then last night, sort of through about because there's this misconception that Ndombele is a holding midfielder he's not at all I'd, I'd play him in the Ericsson role he's passing like you said he breaks the lines yeah he's, I, he's just incredible I like the look he's of, fit enough to play I like the look of Ndombele I feel like he's not a holding midfielder and he's not quite an Ericsson he's just a midfielder mm. it's just like he's an old school 4-4-2 make tackles in your box get up the other end and put the ball in the yeah, back yeah. of the net he's, he's, that, he's that kind of midfielder which doesn't really exist anymore um, what I like about him is he drives with the ball. Yeah. And last night, him and Sissoko, I thought were fantastic. They won the ball back. They looked to play forward. If yeah. they couldn't release someone, they just drove with it. And because yeah. they're both such big, powerful midfielders, you can't get the ball off of yeah, them. Yeah, they're not knocked off either. Yeah. And I think about the Watford game where, you know, when teams are sitting in deep, you've got to move the ball quickly side to side or you've, you've got to go at a man. Mm. You've got to commit him. And that's obviously what Dembele used to do in the middle of the park, right? He could go past someone yeah, yeah. with ease and then all of a sudden you're in at the back four. And there aren't many midfielders about that can do that, but Undembele looks like the kind of player that, that can do that. Yeah. It's just whether or not we can get that kind of consistent performance out of him. Um, I was just very, very impressed with his all-round game last night. I thought it worked really well. We played a slightly different formation and that for me watching it, it was a bit more of a 4-1-4-1 with Ali and Ndombele mm. sort of centre midfield and Sissoko sitting in front of the back yeah, four. Yeah. But, I mean, but I mean, we were pressing so high and I really liked it when Delhi or Ndombele got the ball and it, everything was forward. Yeah. Absolutely everything. There were a few times in the first half where Delhi gave it away where he tried to go past a man but I don't mind seeing that. And actually, where they were a bit further forward, they were closer to Son and Lamella to give them simple passes yeah. rather than attempting passes that are easily interceptable. Yeah, so I, I, I really liked the shape and I thought it was interesting because we, we normally play with a, a very rigid 4-2-3-1 if we're yeah, playing yeah, yeah. four at the back, but it was more of a 4-1-4-1 and I thought that really suited us for the game last night. Whether or not we'll go with that, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I want to talk about Ben Davis, mm-hmm. a player that gets a lot of stick he does Ben Davis in my opinion he's an easy target and people just go after him for no apparent reason I've been calling for all of this season and to be honest most of last season for him to get more minutes he got the start against Brighton and was horrific but then you know they They all all were last night he was excellent again on position not up to much for me he should be our first choice left back now like Rose doesn't want to be here his level of performances this season do not justify him starting at all in any game at the minute. And Davis is a young player. He's more reliable. I know people will always have this argument, and I can't get my head around this, that Rose offers more going forward. I don't think he does. I do not think he offers more going forward. I think he forward. moves forward better with the ball, but his final delivery is, is, 
in, you know, is not as good as Ben Davis. You is, very, know. very rarely see Ben Davis give the ball away. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he keeps it. If he, um, he, he looks forward, if it's not there, we'll keep it. And I don't mind that. Whereas Rose is a type of player, yes, all right, he might get the ball and go past one or two. Buccaneering. But then, he, but then yeah. his cross goes yeah, into yeah. Rose. Oh, and it's like, he's, he's very frustrated. To my mind, that. if you look at it in the like, championship manager way, Ben Davis is a left back, Danny Rose is a left wing back. Yeah, it's probably and, fair. You know, it's a significantly different job in this day and age. It depends very much on what the formation is we're playing, how he dovetails with Sun, which I think he's dovetails brilliantly yeah. with, depending on who plays on the left. With Moore, it doesn't seem to work as mm. well. Um, we could look disjointed. We've, we've got players that seem to perform better as substitutes, like world beaters when they come on and then are absolute dross the next week when they start. Yeah. And you think, that was your chance. You, you had your chance. You've gone into the boss and said, pick me, play me. He has. And then you've just put it in. <coughs> I think, interestingly, I, I can't recall many games where Kane, Son and Lucas have all started. No. It feels like Kane and Son are his two. Yeah. And then Lucas is his option yeah. off the bench for either one of them or if he wants to change the formation or whatever. Um. Paul Sandy on Twitter said, do you think we've been unlucky with the back four all declining at once or is it more a case of the club not listening to Potts who could see this coming? What do you think on that? I don't know. I think it's really tough to, to say because the declines come so quickly and I don't think it's irreversible for a few of the players. I really don't. Alderweireld's only 30. Yeah. It's just the fact that we just think he's definitely going or you know, mm. it, it appears he is... You know, the time the footballers just play for your club and eventually they get tapped up by someone better and they only leave for someone better, have gone because there's so much money in the game that, that money is now better. You make a sideways move for more money and it's and players get their heads turned. Um, I just think we've started badly. We've not had a decent shield in front of them, so yeah. it's exposed them. They've made mistakes. I mean, to defend Danny Rose, he was left out of the pre-season tour and told, go and find another club. A club came in for him, Watford, yeah. and then we turned down their bid. Mm. Now, okay, you've got a, a valuation on a player, um, but if it's over, it's over. Mm. You know, you don't split up with someone and then s- still live with them. Mm. You know, in, if relationship-wise, yeah. it just it's never yeah. going to work. It's it's never going to get repaired and come back to to the good old days. However pissed you get one Friday night, it's just not going <laughs> to happen. Um, so I think Danny Rose has been in a bit of an invidious position, but then. I think Potch has been a bit stubborn. Like I say, I'll defend him to the hilt and I'll give him time to, to rebuild this. If we were at a peak of a hill and we're now on a decline, it doesn't mean you throw everything out immediately. You've still got to repair the damage in the worst parts, the bits that need fixing soonest. Um, I don't think Cessignon's going to be a left-back. I definitely think he's going to be more of an attacking yeah, player. Um, there's a few people who seem to think he's, he's there Unless maybe role. if... As a wing back, maybe you might be able to get yeah, away with it. You know, let's see how much coaching is done because you know a lot of the players don't come in and or come in and aren't improved. Maybe we can tighten him up and play mm. because he didn't have a particularly strong season with Fulham. Yeah, I appreciate it's very difficult. You know, they brought in a whole load of new players to a winning team who got promoted. Yeah. Then everything changes, the dynamic changes, and then they have a bad season. And they get relegated. Um, so. I think it is unfortunate, but I don't think it's entirely a complete decline and yeah. that's the end of it. It's all broken. I do think I'd like to see more of Davinson because he's the future. Yeah. Um, when everyone's fit, he doesn't make the best two. It's still Vertonghen and, and Alvarado when everyone's fit and playing well. But for now, 
and he does work better with Vertonghen because he plays on the right and Jan mm. plays on the left. When Toby comes in, and Toby's such a good player, why could Toby not play on the left mm. side of two? And, uh, you know, maybe we've got to just start back in Davinson a bit more. I, th- I think so. Um, but we played the back three against Watford. Sanchez in the middle, Audeveld right, Vertonghen left. And I'm sure there are reasons why we don't set up this way, but in, in my mind, Audeveld's a fantastic passer of the ball. He's one of the best centre-backs yeah. I've ever seen with the ball at his feet. Yeah. It's incredible. And I find it baffling that in the games where teams are going to sit in against us he's not in the centre of the three mm. and I know traditionally your quickest centre back's in the middle because he's almost like a sweeper so he can get across either side um, to cover but I just found in the Watford game that Sanchez is I like Sanchez as a player he's yeah. still only what 22-23 it's very very young yeah. for a centre back um, but he, I mean, he's got the physique of a top Premier League yeah. player for sure He's not the most fantastic on the ball. He can pass, but he's not got that 60-yard bang I'm no, going to no. switch to play. Alderweireld has that. But it's not why you buy... It's We're not, not City. We don't play the way City do. It's not. It's, it's a luxury. What do from the goalkeeper at goal, at goal kicks? Oh, don't, but, don't get me started on that. Right. Um, it's not compulsory, lads. Yeah. I know it's a rule change, but you don't have to yeah, do but, it. But, but just going back to that, and I, I always feel like Alderweireld in the middle of the three means he'll see more of the ball. He can switch the play. If, it's, if Rose has got his left wing back and he, and he plays it back to him, he can play a first-time pass all the way out, out to the other side to Aurier. And that's the kind of transition that you need when you yeah, play yeah. back three. And Sanchez doesn't, doesn't quite have that. But I agree, he, he has to be in the side now. He's quick, which for Tom and Alderweireld aren't anymore. And if we want to play this game where we control possession or that weird liable for a counter-attack and actually you'd probably rather have Sanchez in there yeah. if we're going to get countered um, just looking at the league table oh, you were saying earlier like it's been a, dre- a real dreadful dreadful start we're 7th in the league we're 5 points off Chelsea in 4th so actually if you it feels like we. it feels to me like we should be about 15th at the moment do you know what I mean it's, it's like last season there's two teams fighting for the top 2 and I suspect over the course of the season there will still be the same four teams fighting yeah. desperately hard to not get into those next two Champions League positions. Um, that was more of the fight last season, wasn't it? Because, yeah. you know, over the course of the season, and Leicester might push on, I can't see the likes of Burnley or Bournemouth or Palace sustaining what they've, what they've done early on. Um, but you never know, yeah. though, do you? But, just but you're at the stage where I, I genuinely, seriously start looking at the league table, and it counts for something now. You're not looking at the first three weeks, you know. It's all, yeah. Um, but it, uh, the, the, the the league feels a bit strange at the moment, and it it just feels like is uh, is the Premier League in danger of becoming a really really boring league, or, or is it already that now? I think it always has been. It's still the top the top six. I mean, to break into the top six. I mean, it was the top four, and now it's become the top six. It's, it's still the mm. same, you know. The same thing, the money teams, okay, we've got there not through spending, <coughs> but actually the players that have come through and the, the, the investment of the likes of the bail money have meant that we've got a squad that is now worth the kind of top money. Yeah. I mean, we didn't spend a copper coin on Kane. He's worth, what you know, yeah. receiving 200 million maybe in this stupid inflated current yeah, market. probably go for more than so, that, wouldn't they? You know, to say, oh, we know we've never spent that kind of money... The squad we've accumulated is now worth that, yeah. so we're one of the money teams. Yeah. You know, how much? Out of curiosity, how much would you sell Harry Kane for? Well, I wouldn't sell him through choice because it would just destroy the whole if he, makeup if, of the if, team. If, if he was happy and wasn't forcing a move, yeah, yeah. and someone come in and said, "I'll give you two hundred and fifty million pounds for him," the trouble is, Jack, you'd you'd spend 
70 million on, I don't know, say Dybala. You'd spend 80 million on another guy and you've spent 150 million. You've still got loads in the bank. Are you going to improve the team mm. by doing that? I, I just think it would destroy so much. Mm. There'll be a time when Harry Kane chooses to go. Um, I just, I don't want to think about that day. I think with him, he, it, it's more than just selling the quality of player he is. Like, he is Tottenham. He's Mr. Tottenham. Yeah, yeah. So, like, cashing in on him would feel like that we're done. Would, do you know what I mean? There like, are family members, yeah. distant family members, I would rather see gone than I'd rather what about see family Kane members? Go. No, not those, <laughs> but, um, and, you know, Paul Sandy is a, a relative of mine and I've got fond memories of that guitar bar in Tarlin, Paul. We can discuss that any time we've got questions <laughs> about that. Um, but I would rather see some of my distant family jettisoned rather than Harry Kane, <laughs> Amazing. frankly. Amazing. But not you, Paul. Um, but the, I'm just going back to the league. It, we've been poor, but we find ourselves in a position where you can, if you can put together three or four wins on the bounce, all of a sudden you'll be back in the yeah. top four. Which, but then know, we said strange. this when we looked at the fixtures and said, we've got yeah. Southampton, Watford and Brighton coming And you'd up. have thought nine points, yeah. seven minimum. Yeah. And so, you yeah. know, it's just all bonkers. It's all relative to, it's not relative to the previous season. It's not going to be relative to next season. It's all about this season and what we do. And we can improve. It was a catalyst. You might say the yeah. Deli Alley goal against Watford was a catalyst. Mm. Because if we hadn't scored then, how would we have gone into last night's game? Yeah. We, we might not have won 5-0. We might have scraped it and yeah. not played well. So what, what, was the Champions League victory last night a bit of a... Ter- Does it feel like a turning point? Any positive result, any positive... To, to me, the positive play was more important. Um, <coughs> we, we haven't got... Like, Kane hasn't scored for eight weeks or something like that. We didn't really need to yeah. get rid of that. Um, the clean sheet doesn't count for anything because they, they really pose no attacking yeah. threat whatsoever. Um, what I liked to see last night was we weren't very good defending corners and set pieces mm. last night and there was one point where Gazaniga came out and he grabbed Fatongan by the shirt mm. not by, by the neck but you know yeah. and he was like sort this yeah. and do you know what Lloris is our captain but I wouldn't say he's a leader mm. you know I'm not saying he blames people or he shouts when he's you know when a goal's been conceded but there seems to be a message getting out there that things weren't right fix it yeah. and you're the senior guy you fix it yeah. you, you get this right so I think there was more come out last night that was promising. Obviously, we've got a tough, tough fixture now. Way to the leaders, the runaway leaders in the yeah, league. It's going to be a tough old game that on Sunday. But do you know what? If if we don't win the game, but we go and play to a certain level, or I'm not saying I want us to lose, and I'm I'm not saying mm. I'd rather us play badly and win than play well and lose. Mm. But do you know what? We can go. We can get a reaction from the players, and it's kind of a free hit. I know that sounds bonkers, but we've got such a dreadful record up there. Yeah. We had a good record for a number of years against Liverpool, which is now completely fallen yeah. by the wayside. Um, but we still never won up there mm. for, for, for such a long time. So I, I think... I, I mean, I've seen longer droughts in my lifetime. Yeah. The whole Titanic thing until we won in the 80s. Yeah, I mean... I. I, I struggle, and I don't, again, I don't want to sound negative, I struggle to see us getting anything out of this game. Mm. Um, I really do. The way they play and the way we play, we play into their hands. <laughs> like, you know, I, like, I know what you mean, but they've not played well in games lately and managed to get results, and they've, you know, that can't last forever. It doesn't mean they won't turn it on and play well this weekend, yeah. but do you know what? They, they were lucky yeah. to get a, anything out of the United game. A better United team would have comfortably beaten yeah. them, but that isn't a United. I and they're, and they're unbeaten this season, so they've won eight games in the league and had the one draw, 25 points out of a possible 27. It's a pretty devastating start yeah. from them. You never know in football, that's all you can that's say. It. I don't. I, I go into that game quite emotionless and not really expecting us to get anything. If we get well, something... Like I said, it's uh, a bit of a free Yeah, hit. if we get something great, 
Um, my only thing is, I think like going there, it looks to me we'll probably have to score three goals to win the game. Yeah, without you know, we'll have to probably score at least two to get anything. The way they play and the way we defend of late. I definitely agree with yeah. that. My seven-year-old son keeps saying to me, who would you expect to win today, Daniel? And I, I, I've really stopped saying, well, you know, Tottenham are the better team, yeah. they're perceived to be better. You'd expect them to beat Watford. I genuinely always say now, well, we might be the better team, but if we don't play better on the day and we yeah. don't take our chances, we aren't going to win because... You know, I've told him oh, we're going to thrash Czech, Czech Republic the other week. Yeah, yeah. We're going to beat Brighton. No, it's just. We'll just start telling him, oh, no, Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool exactly, will win this. Yeah. I'd expect Liverpool to win this game. <laughs> so it's going to be a tough one. What's your prediction? 2 uh, 2. 2 2. Uh, I'd love it to be full of VAR controversy as well, benefiting us. Yeah, 2 0 um, down as well when yeah, we come back. Because um, we've had a few run ins with them with. With penalties given, and yeah, um, I, but so I, 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 I can't just getting anything out of the game. I think that we'll lose, but I understand what you mean. Yeah, but let, let's see. You never know in football. It's time now for the We Are Tom Hotspur quiz. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. So you, I mean, you haven't done one of these for what well, feels like a long time. I always feel like I'd be much stronger if you did these from the mid early eighties, something like that. And no, you always go back to do. a point where I'm like, it's all merged into one. So let's. Well, see. this this is two thousand and eleven. This oh, game. Oh, okay. That's further back. Um, than I this is Liverpool nil, Tottenham two. Yeah. In the Premier League, May two thousand and eleven. Hopefully, that's ringing a few bells. Yeah. Um, right. So, my way of doing this is what kit do we wear? 2011 was that the all white what, what kit are you imagining um, it's going to be Under Armour so I'm suspecting all white with I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to say okay. anything I'm not going to say anything um, so we played it's Harry Redknapp this is yeah. by the way we played 4-5-1 that oh, day maybe it's the Puma kit really playing um, okay, go on. we played 4-5-1 that day so um, the goalkeeper is a question mark that's one you've got to work out right back is also a question mark the centre halves were Michael Dawson and Ledley King. Mm-hmm. And the left back was Danny Rose. Okay. Right hand side of midfield is a question mark. Left hand side of midfield is also a question mark. And then centre midfield we had Luka Modric, mm-hmm. Rafa van der Vaart, and another question mark. Okay. And up front was Peter Crouch. So I need the goalkeeper, oh. the right back, the centre midfielder. And the left midfielder. Brad Friedel in goal? Wasn't Brad Friedel. Okay, so Gomez? Wasn't Gomez oh, either. <laughs> Wasn't Gomez. Oh, a bit of window now, around completely lost. Carl Walker at right back? No. Carl Norton at right back? No. Oh, this is brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, the right back, he was not a, not a right back by trade, but played, played a fair bit out there. Kabul? Eunice Kabul. Okay, Eunice yeah, yeah. Kabul. yeah, yeah. So, Kabul, Dawson, King, Rose, the back four. Yeah, yeah. So, I need the goalkeeper, I need the left hand side midfielder and central midfielder. So, Bale on the left? Wasn't Bale. Okay. Lennon on the right? Lennon on the right, yeah. yeah. Lennon on the right, correct. Another midfielder. So, I'm thinking it's got to be more defensive. So, potentially Sandro. Correct. Yep. Sandro in there, correct. Um, Fraud of a player, Sandro. (laughs) Correct. And then, I think he was just brilliant, but his knee, as soon as his knee went out QPR. He was terrible. He was terrible. I never no, understand this I, big I think the moment his, his knee went, that was him finished. Was shocking. But, 
I just liked his enthusiasm. The story was brilliant where he, he got to QPR and got himself back fit and then done his knees celebrating a goal in yeah. training. Amazing. Yeah. So I need the left-hand side of midfielder. Yeah. Um, we signed this guy from Everton. Oh, so it's Pino. Sorry, I, I thought of him very, and then I was actually quick. discarding him because I thought he tended to play on the right. I know he was left-sided, but he, we often used him on the right when Lennon had blown himself out. Pino, so that team was Gudicini in goal. Oh, so the goalkeeper was Gudicini. Oh, did I not? <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Gudicini in goal. Cabal, Dawson, King, Rose. Lennon, Van der Vaart, Modric, Sandro, Pino, Crouch. And goals from? And we won that game 2-0. Van der Vaart, nine minutes, mm-hmm. where it was from a corner and it came out to the edge of the box and he bent with his right foot in the top corner yeah, yeah. at the cop end. 1-0. Oh, it's a Modric penalty. Yeah, a Modric penalty in the 56 minutes in the second half. Oh, so yeah. With the logic of us playing away, you would pick an away game. Um, that was a famous game for Ledley King as well because he'd been out for eight, nine months yeah, in the run-up to that game. Will you play? And he, yeah, yeah. he would, oh, I'm not sure, I'm not sure we could really do with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. All right, fine, I'll give it a go. 2-0 clean sheet. Yeah, it, incredible. It, it, the guy was a machine, an absolute machine. Um, so yeah, that's the that's the wheel top marks per quiz for the week. Let's do a quick fantasy football update as well. So Stata, how's your Arsenal team getting? Can on? I just say, and forget that, my fantasy football methods and theories live and die in the in the early nineties. I am so old school fantasy football if did I could you, still pick so my you, team you every picked year, Arsenal players back then as well did my you? midfield one year was Rick Holden Nick Summerby I mean just wingers who took free kicks and, and yeah, yeah. penalties um, it, I just don't like this modern newfangled fantasy football is that it's because changed. you're not very good at it is that why look if people criticise <laughs> me for picking Arsenal players um, I'm a bit of a Jonah I'm in it to win it and I'm no good at it, but I appear to jinx most players because the players I think are yeah, going to yeah. do really, really well tend not to. Never do. So, yeah, well, I don't understand why you wouldn't pick players who are, are going to score goals. And in a crap team, they've got one player who scores goals, Obang average. Don't get it. Do not get and it. So I picked him because we don't have a rule to say don't. We do. A, we we don't. As un- a Spurs fan, there's the unwritten rule of you never, ever pick someone from the Arsenal team, ever. Well, I just don't get that. <laughs> so top of the league, still Dan Goddard Miller, five hundred and twenty-seven points, and still smashing it at the top. ASD in second, which we can't have him finishing anywhere near the top because that will just be awful for the next year. Um, well, if he gets into the last two, at least it'll be better than the, the Rugby World Cup. Here, hoping. Third place is Shane Smith, five hundred and fourteen, and then Matthew Sheriff making up the Champions League spots, four hundred and ninety-five. So there we go. Chris Shepard right down at the bottom. Uh, so I'm not bottom then? You're, no, you're not bottom. Out okay. of, there's 35 of us in the league. You're 24th. Oh, wow. So, so I'm oh, bang average. Yeah, bang, bang average. Excellent. So that's the, oh, Abbas tailed off? He was near the top. Uh, Abbas is 10th. Oh, okay. um, diabolical Hotspur. But, I mean... Diabolical human. His, Sorry, uh, <laughs> he still has a Bamiyang in there. Um, there's not any other... Well, it's not doing us any good, is that. it? Let's that's be honest. Good. That's good for me. That's good. So, I mean, massive weekend coming up. Who knows what it's going to hold, right? Um, if if the worst case happens and we go there and we get hammered, how how long does the Pochettino reign, in your view, continue? Like, if the result, if the league form continues, yeah. how how far do we go with it? Who is available and better than Poch on a decline? If he is on a decline, so, the moment there is someone better, we're crossing axes here. But, you know what I mean? As soon as someone is better than Poch on his way down, then, yeah, make the change. But I don't see who. I just, I don't, 
there isn't a single name out there that would make me go they could take this squad to the next level or mm. with the right investment which they yeah, want yeah. because you can't come in and say you know I want these players and then Levy won't deliver them or for whatever mm. reason they can't be got if they're not available yeah, yeah. Um, so where do you stand on Mourinho where do you stand on Allegri Mourinho his successful type of football is no longer successful he was a pragmatist they would win Chelsea would win games 1-0 he's worked brilliantly in Italy he's worked brilliantly on the continent where he's had phenomenal players at you know, Real Madrid Galacticos um, but when he came into a poor United team he got them second yeah fair enough they've not mm. been anywhere near that in recent years but football's moved on mm. and you know you, you aren't getting the Mourinho of 10 mm. years ago you're, you're not getting football of 5 years ago so actually you need people who've got a different style a different way of doing things is he an example of a coach that just hasn't evolved yeah I think you're right completely I mean if you look at coaches look at um, the Spanish waiter down the road you know he's been, he was tremendously successful yeah definitely think he's going to be a guy to take them forward I was actually concerned when he got the job because mm. I thought there was a few duffers out there who were sniffing around it and, and close to getting it and he's, they've not learned a single thing in, in their second season they are still vulnerable in exactly the same way they always have been they've still spunking money on a player who might be great in Pepe but that's not where they needed to spend the money and they established players yeah. don't they um, he's got an inability to choose a captain. I mean, they've got the they've worst got five. captain. They've got five, what are you talking about? I know. They've got five captains. But they've, got the, they've picked the main one as the worst captain in, in football, I think, in Xhaka. For anybody that didn't see it a few weeks ago, when um, Arsenal played Man United on Monday Night Football, um, Roy Keane was there doing oh, yeah. analysis before it, and they said, oh, let's have a look at that Arsenal midfield, Guendouzi, Torreira, Xhaka. What springs to mind, Roy? And he just said, lightweight. Yeah. And it was, well, yeah, very true. He said, lightweight, that's, that's what they are. Right. Um, just a quick one West Ham we, we don't talk about a lot on this podcast no, no. but I feel like the need to just sort of have a bit of a laugh um, the best squad they've had you know for, for a long long time brilliant young English players great manager they're, cur- they're currently sitting 11th in the Premier League yeah. in, a, in, a, in a season where the league is shocking yeah, Which I mean, amused me to see that because in my if mind, if we had done this three weeks ago, they were they were quite up there, and I think they've had nothing since they had, then. I think they had to if they'd have beaten Palace and they'd have gone third, mm. and they haven't won since or yeah. something like that. Uh, look, you know, everyone, everyone is so <coughs> close to getting to the next level, and it's just it's really hard it's to do. Hard in to this, get there, isn't this, it? Yeah, because how much money? I think Randy Lerner got into a bad situation, got um, Aston Villa in a bad place. But it got to the point where he said, I can't continue to keep spending to, to continue to miss out on the top four. Yeah. I can't, the amount of money it would take to get them into the top four. If you think, the, the Villa midfield at that time would have been Ashley Young, Stuart Downing, James Milner and Gareth Barry. And they still, still were in internationals Petrov or went, well, didn't they? went yeah. on to be internationals. Yeah. They were all fine Premier League players. And yet still, they couldn't break the top four mm. and didn't sustain finishing mm. the top six. One League Cup final they got two. I think they got robbed, didn't they? United should have had oh, a man yeah, sent yeah, off. Yeah. Vinic pulled someone yeah. down. Um, and then they just fell away, like, you know, fell off a cliff. But we, we, we talk a lot, don't we, about breaking into that what is now top six. And I don't think it can be done. I think you might get one team one season might break yeah, it. Yeah. But if we're talking about 
you know, a side getting in and cementing them. But I don't think. Well, it look happen. at Leicester. I really don't. Leicester think it had can that incredible season, the season of their dreams. If someone had written it as a story, you'd have said it's absolute yeah. hogwash. Um, but even they've not been able to sustain it with the money that they earned from it, yeah. the investment that they had. They have invested good, good money, yeah. and they've got a sound manager, a good yeah. Premier League manager. Not going to ever make a Championship side. We saw that they mm. fell off the cliff yeah. at the end. Where did, where's Rogers on your scale then of Pochettino maybe slightly being on the decline? Where 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 is Rogers on that? He's a bit of a fantasist, you know. I, he's a good Premier League manager, mm. but honestly, I, I couldn't see him ever. Whoever we've got to bring in, we've got to say the aim is to win the Premier League. Yeah. Because oh, otherwise, what is the that. point? Yeah, There's I, no I, I, point. I completely agree. With um, that. So putting you on the spot, Pochettino walks today. Who would be your number one? target for us to go and Jeez. realistic that is so hard not that I, you could be, get because, because I've genuinely not thought about it I've not looked at the list you know the betting list yeah. you go oh you know because I don't think Eddie Howe I don't I think Bournemouth make the same mistakes year in year out yeah. they're good to watch they're always gonna it's he's about, done a brilliant it's job it's about there, separating but... the wheat and the chaff in the Premier League isn't it yeah. with, with the elite at the top don't screw it up at the bottom and you'll be safe in mid table yeah. you just want to be higher mid you know Upper and what you were saying mid-table. before as well about you want someone that can take you to the next level. Yeah, and he's not. He's not. He's not. I that don't. Guy. You know, if if you say Allegri, <coughs> the the way Tottenham are operated, the way Premier League clubs and the power from the players are operated. Um, I've I read something about a Juventus player. Uh, it was Patrick Sevra, Sorry, in the week, mm. you got one day off a month at Juventus. Juventus controlled everything you mm. ate, all the time you spent. Was, was under their control, that isn't going to happen. He's yeah. not going to have that level of control yeah. with his players in the Premier League. They won't stand for it. They'll be mutiny. I don't think you can have that at all anymore. The modern-day player just won't allow it. No. It's just what it is. But if you've got a manager successful, you've to win six or seven league titles on the trot, then you believe. Because yeah, what maybe, the guy's saying, into it, yeah. you buy into it. Yeah. yeah. But Interesting. I don't know. I just... I don't... I also have a problem with, with the language barrier... I think it took a long time for Poch. I mean, even now he talks in riddles. Mm. But then I know a lot of people were criticising him, weren't they? Because he did a press conference earlier this week or end of last week about the January window and he said, I don't need players, I'm happy with the squad. Yeah, yeah. And people were saying, why are you saying that? When, when morale's down in a team, mm. the last thing well, that exactly, a, a yeah. player wants is his manager saying, I need eight players, yeah, yeah. we're struggling. The only like, thing he's, never, say, he's never going to say The only that. thing you'd say is you know you've got three months to buck your ideas up yeah. and yeah. prove your worth. Yeah. And make yourself invaluable, but yeah, it's yeah, yeah. All right, brilliant. Well, look, massive game at the weekend. Fingers crossed mm-hmm. for a performance along the same lines as last night. Remember, whatever happens, future's bright, future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs! I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game. But I never realised until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock.
the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. We are Blanchflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.